Hey, Peaches. Hi, Peaches. Welcome to Let's Talk Peaches, the podcast. We're your hosts, Nicole and Lindsay. The Let's Talk Peaches podcast is a community that empowers others to go after the life they want. We are constantly asking the question, how can we set ourselves up, mind, body, and soul, to achieve the happiness and success we deserve? If you're a new peach, thank you so much for tuning in. And if you're a returning peach, thank you so much for tuning back in. We really appreciate that. Hit that big subscribe button on whatever podcasting platform you're listening to us on. We put out new episodes every every Monday. Monday. All right, let's dive into the episode. Hi, Peaches. Hi, Peaches. Welcome back for another episode of Let's Talk Peaches, the podcast. So happy to have you here. Welcome back. Welcome back, yes. Um, We're super stoked about this week's guest, Demi Colleen. I I really enjoyed our chat with her. We talk about it's not the destination, it's the journey. We talk about that idea a little bit and and like how you don't need to go the certain way, like the way that we have been fed through society this whole time, like getting getting to your goal through a different avenue that works best for your brain and your body. Mm -hmm. And I think that's such an important message and what it was like for her to take a pause in her life and how it was difficult, but also some looking back on it, one of the best times and one of the most important times in her life. Talk about running her social media platform, working with brands, setting her boundaries and sticking to them. It's just like a lot of a lot of good, amazing talking points, a lot of good nuggets that are in this episode. And I'm super excited for everyone to hear it. Yeah. We also talk about like not being afraid to have a voice and to be a loud voice and mm-hmm. not not caring what other people think. Lots of really great nuggets in there for for you all today. And we cannot wait to share her with you. Before we dive in, make sure you're, you hit that big subscribe button on whatever platform you're listening to us on. <laughs> we will BRB with Demi. All right, Peaches, we have the lovely Demi Colleen with us. Hi, Demi. Hi. We like to start off every episode by asking, what's up, Peach? So how's your day going? How's the week going? A little gut check. Not too bad. Um, I've been a little bit under the weather, but the sun is shining, so I can't really complain. So yeah, nice and busy, but I'm enjoying it. Nice. (laughs) Love to hear it. So for anyone, any of our peaches who haven't heard of Demi yet, do you want to do a quick summary of like who we are, um, what we do and how we got here? Uh, Yeah. Okay. I'm always really really bad at like talking about myself. So (laughs) yeah. So I'm uh, Demi Colleen. I am a influencer, blogger, whatever label you want to smash on there mm-hmm. I am also a veterinary nurse which I've been for 10 years um, and I am a writer as well so mostly talk about mental health fashion beauty and I delve into other topics like racism within the beauty industry for example yeah see I'm really bad at talking about myself I've completely been like I'm sure there's something else <laughs> no, but Honestly, to be honest, me too. it's yeah, we are too. And it's kind of one of the reasons why uh, we do this, because I think so many, so many people have to talk about themselves and introduce themselves like a lot of our peaches have to do that. So it's really interesting to see how other people yeah. do that. You know what I mean? So 
it's always really interesting and it's always super difficult for for me as well. <laughs> but so many amazing things in what you do and we can't wait to talk about so many of them. But first, I didn't know I didn't know that you were a veterinary nurse mm, coming yeah. into this conversation. So that is that's such an interesting curveball that we that we can now talk about as well. Is that what you knew you wanted to do when you were little and then sort of, yeah. I actually wanted to be a veterinary surgeon, so there's definitely a, a difference. Mm. So you've got the just like you have a doctor and a nurse. So um, mm. that was my goal. And then when I was in college, I really struggled with my science subjects um, in terms of like paying attention, obviously then like mm-hmm. with ADHD. So it all makes sense now. And yeah, basically I just didn't get the grades to do that. And then I changed my mind and I considered doing zoology. And then in the end, I just changed my mind completely and decided that I was going to work that summer and uh, have a think about it. And then my mum actually suggested veterinary nursing because she used to be a veterinary nurse when she was younger. And basically, there are two routes that you can take. You can take the degree route, but you can also do, let's just say, like an apprenticeship where you can work and study at the same time, which seemed to suit me better. Applied to a few clinics and I got one. And um, yeah, 10 years later, here I am. So I'm fully qualified, um, have my own number. I'm on a register and all of that. So (laughs) you're like, it's legit. (laughs) (laughs) What made you decide to go into vet life, like or like animal life? Yeah. yeah, I mean, I've always had uh, quite a deep connection with animals. I've had pets my whole life. I've always just felt very drawn to looking after them. I don't really know where it came from or what kind of sparked it. I've just always that been that way. I mean, it's quite funny because. Um, I was fixing a water fountain in my garden and I found all these snails in there and I was very like carefully looking after them and then googling what they like to eat and my mum laughed because she was like this is exactly what you did as a child you used to collect any snail that you found like on the ground and you would try and like nurture it until it was like ready to sort of go back out into into the world and any creature even with the ants and stuff so I've always been just very like caring towards animals it just seemed like a natural progression they didn't seem like there was anything else that I wanted to do I mean I was creative mm-hmm. as well I enjoyed art but it didn't really seem feasible as a as a natural career choice but yeah it just always seemed like I was going to be working with animals in some capacity yeah and I would also argue that you've been able to tie the art portion of like what you love into what you do as far as like your platform um your social media platform to be honest so I think you found it a way to rope that in out. yeah yeah definitely I mean it's like it didn't really click until actually quite recently that I am now doing that creative job that I always wanted to do I think it's just like that thing with school is that they make you feel like Uh there's only one way to do art you know it has to be Mm -hmm. the medium and why couldn't it be you know the way that I'm doing it now but I mean obviously this job didn't really exist when I was in secondary school so I, I understand but yeah I'm very glad that I've finally arrived here yeah. yeah. And and I this idea that you were like it was um fed to us that it was only there was only one way to do the art thing and I also think something similar can be said to the way that you entered into the animal worlds that there's only one way like you go to school you get good grades and that's how you get into this industry and you found a different way to do it and I think that really speaks to how each person's brain is different. It doesn't necessarily mean that one person is more intelligent than the other. We just learn differently. Mm -hmm. And I've always been a kinetic learner, like 
I learned best like by doing and by seeing and like being in it and experiencing things. And so I feel like I would be I would have been in the same boat if I would have mm-hmm. done anything anything that used what the left side of your brain because we're both creative people too. So so I think that was just I think that's awesome that you found the way to enter into the world into this business into the, into being a veterinary nurse. Yeah, when the world wasn't really set up to help you do that. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think definitely, you know, from the, you know, how my brain works point of view, but also I think from like a a class point of view, mm-hmm. a lot of people that I was hanging out with at the time, you know, came from middle class households where their parents could outright afford for them to go to university. And I was never in that position. It was just like, that's just what they do. You know, their parents had PhDs. They went to school, they went to college and then they went to university. And that was that. And the idea that I may not want to go down that route, the only thing that they would respond with is that, you know, oh, well, you're just not smart enough. That's mm-hmm. why you would Mm-hmm. To do it. and mm-hmm. it's like actually I just don't think it works for me it's just like I don't want to spend three years in a classroom I'd love to be doing something practical as well yeah um, and then the funny thing is is that often and that's like this is no shade to any nurse very nurse that does it at the degree route but you know the, the kind of one up that you get on having all that practical experience definitely helps with being in the real world and having an actual real full paid job rather than you know, just having a little bit of experience here and there. So, mm-hmm. yeah, no, I'm a massive advocate for people not going to university mm-hmm. and finding other routes to, uh, you know, achieve their goals. So, yeah, yeah. I, I guess I never really thought about it. It's taken a lot of time for me to even shed the kind of shame that I felt from yeah. going to university. Um, when people would ask, I'd somehow kind of shrug it off so that they would assume that I did. But now I'm like, I just don't, I don't care. Like I've achieved a lot and I have the same career that, you know, someone who went to university and did veterinary nursing would have. So, you know, I'm I'm all for it. Uh, That's, that's so, thank you for sharing that. I think a lot of people will resonate with what you've just said, whether it's about university specifically or something completely different. I mean, I think when we have, like even people that are maybe like polyamorous, polyamorous, it's like we're going a different route than what is normal yeah than what's normal and what's accepted or traditional I guess we should say and what's accepted in this world because the world kind of pushes us and pigeonholes us to want this one thing because that's like the way we do things in the world and when you stray from that sometimes even if you have success there are still people that like can't they're like well you didn't do it the right way or something and that's just like completely untrue there are so many different ways to go about life and to have a happy life and to be qualified in a specific role so thank you so much for sharing that because I think it will be really helpful for a lot of people would you have any advice for anybody that's feeling that type of shame about any particular thing of how to, how you went about shedding that shame? To be honest, I think it's just keeping in mind your long-term goal, you know? And for me, when I had that shame and the people that were saying things to me, I don't know them now. I have no, I don't know anything about them. I don't know where they are, what they're doing. They don't know. I mean, they might know what I'm doing, but <laughs> I mean, like generally like, it it doesn't matter you know like I still achieved what I wanted to achieve I still got there and you know I had less debt because of it and I learned other skills along the way so just remembering what you're doing it for 
why make life harder for yourself? You know, I think it's getting in touch with the, like you said, the way that you learn, what is actually better for you? It's, it's got nothing, it's no one else's decision but yours. So just focus on what's going to happen by the end of it, whether you're doing an apprenticeship or some other kind of route. And, you know, if that's good enough for you to like where it's going to end up, then that's all that matters. It, it, I know it's like cliche what they say. It's like, it's not uh, about like, where you get yep. it's like a journey or something I don't know how mm-hmm. to say it. yeah yeah uh, you know it's it's it is it's about the journey like you can learn so much about yourself by doing things the way that your gut is telling you to do so yeah just don't worry about what other people think you won't remember them in a few years and why make life harder for yourself basically mm-hmm. I think <laughs> yeah. there's a lot of freedom in that too I think that, I think Billie Eilish said something like like one day we're all going to be dead and no one's going to know who you were and it's like mm-hmm. it's all gonna it's wh- what's gonna matter and that's like obviously a little bit scary but also a little <laughs> liberating because yeah. like I mean it all just it's like it it really doesn't matter like or you I think that puts into perspective what does matter and what doesn't matter and I think there's also a little bit of liberation in the idea of what we can control and what we can't control and like accepting that and and leaning into it because what does it help to hold on to things that we can't control like my body and my brain works a specific way and maybe it's not that might not align with being in a classroom for x amount of years and and as long as you find the way that works for you amazing and if it doesn't exist yet because millions of jobs for instagram didn't exist what i don't even know what how long is it 10 years ago whatever <laughs> Think, like go out there and then like find pioneer your own way because i'm sure you're not alone in whatever you've been feeling yeah yeah no that's definitely true and i think you know I think that's maybe why also like falling into doing this like influencing job and realizing that all the things that I felt like were insignificant about me actually resonate with a lot of people. Mm -hmm. And if if I can somehow create another pathway for people to achieve things or consider a way to do something or they go and do that, then that's just like my job done. Do you know what I mean? Like Mm -hmm. that's success to me. Yeah. yeah and like it's quite funny because my boyfriend and I we always have this this saying whenever things get a bit overwhelming or we're not sure but we literally just go we live on a floating rock like (laughs) we literally do we literally just don't (sighs) even know what's we're like this small honestly oh (laughs) god to think about like how small we are sometimes just like gets me I'm just like we just have no idea. No, no idea. idea. Just do what you want to do or don't want to do or whatever it is, you know, like mm-hmm. we're just on a floating rock. It's, it's fine. <laughs> it's, we're yeah. just on a floating rock. No worries. No worries. I think the phrase, the phrase that you just said, everything that I thought was significant about me resonated with other, like with a lot of other people mm-hmm. is I was like, that was very powerful to me. And I think <laughs> I just want, I just wanted to shed a little extra light on that and reiterate. I think what we've been saying a lot is that if it feels right for you, even like the small things about yourself, just like you said, could be something that resonates with other, with somebody else and never feel afraid to share something or to go after something that, that you want, because I think that's just such a powerful this is such a powerful quote. <laughs> I'd also I I'd love to zoom in to the moment where you said that you took some time off for like you and you were like university and my grades weren't the best. I don't like university wasn't for me and I took some time and then I've gotten an apprentice apprenticeship. Let me know if yeah. that's right. What was what was that like for you to take a step back and take like a little bit hit a bit of a pause button on your life? Yeah, I mean 
I'd love to say that it was like super liberating and, you know, I loved it and, you know, it really gave me a lot of perspective. But I think at that point I was still emotionally concerned about other people's perceptions of myself. You know, a lot of the, so I did something called the International Baccalaureate. I'm pretty sure you may have that. Maybe. Not sure. It's like an international thing, basically. And it's, it's like here we typically have something like A-levels. And then you can also do something called International Baccalaureate and you do like six subjects, three at a higher level, three at a standard level. It's really, really, really hard. Some of those like higher level subjects were like talking already verging on university, like, oh, mm -hmm. like difficulty. You copy. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So when I was on that, there were a bunch of people that were like way, way, way smarter than me in, in those particular subjects. Um, and you know, they got their university placements very easily. And so I was watching and witnessing all of this. So, you know, I felt really bad for a long time, even during that little break, knowing that they were all preparing to go to university and um, I wasn't. So, you know, it was, it was quite stressful, but in hindsight, I think taking that step back was honestly one of the best things I ever did because one going for zoology, which is again, no shade to anybody that does it, but it's, really hard to get a job in this particular sector mm -hmm. and um, I know people that have gone and done zoology that then come and done veterinary nursing afterwards so it was just kind of funny that like I almost dipped my toe into something that would actually would have just left me in a lot of debt for no reason mm. so I just feel like somehow whether it was the stars aligning or something like that that me not getting into university regardless of whether it was my grades or some other kind of slip up was was so necessary for me to think about what it is that I wanted to do and who I was as a person you know there was temptation to go and stay in the summer job that I had but even though it was like you know it was more well paid than the veterinary nursing job it was at the time but I knew that that was like literally my calling like that was at the time what I felt like I was put on this earth to do so you know, when I got the call of acceptance for this particular clinic that wasn't even like that far from where I live it was just, yeah, it was... The stars had aligned. I don't know. It's like at the time, it was like the stressful time of my life. And now thinking back, I'm just like, I'm so glad that happened, basically. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I think you're like, I wish I could say it was this wonderful thing. And I think every, like taking a gap year can be really scary for some people, especially when we're not quite sure. And like, it's, there's a little bit of turmoil happening. So I, it can be scary to... <laughs> to deviate from what is known. And I think it takes a lot of bravery. I think it takes a lot of, there's, there's, it's a pause on, I guess, so that maybe, maybe we shouldn't call it a pause because I feel like that's when a lot of the real work began for you of like figuring your, figuring out exactly what was going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> and so I, so I, I don't know, I think it's always interesting um, to, to zoom into those moments of people's lives because like you said, you're like, I look back now and I'm like, I wouldn't be where I am without yeah, that. Yeah, a lot of those are like very pivotal times where you you have a lot of realizations, you ref you're reflecting on what you've done and what you want to do. And like when you're going through the typical daily life hustles if you will, um which I hate that word, <laughs> but when you're when you're like just going through your life and doing things, you're distracted and you don't have that time or you're not even thinking about is this 
what I want to do, like until you're completely burnt out and you're like, I need a break. So mm-hmm. it's sometimes like you've hit, you've hit this peak and you just like need to power down. And I think a lot of people, like Nicole said, find find a lot of like answers in that time. No, no, definitely. I think I also now like doing the job that I do, I also say that, you know, you should never feel guilty for resting, which sounds obvious, but I think resting is working. Like rest, you can't do anything without rest. You can't just Mm -hmm. keep going and going. Rest allows you to reset and think and consider. Um, Work is literally the, the power to give you, like get you where you need to go. Mm-hmm. So whether that's just because you're burnt out or because you've like run out of ideas or you're not sure what to do, just just rest, just literally rest. Don't do anything because in time, your body and your brain are going to tell you what to do. So yeah, yeah definitely believe that. I think that idea is sort of coming back into play a little bit because I, I, this idea of hustle culture and I also, when I was in, I went to an art art university and it was always so what's the word not fantasized but it was it was like a badge of honor to say like oh I just like pulled like all of these old nighters and I'm like so dedicated to my craft and blah 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 blah, like overworking yourself and I was just like oh my god like you haven't slept in three days that's fucked Mm -hmm. up like (laughs) (laughs) like that's that's not good for your body so I think this the it's maybe flipping a little bit and becoming more like, yeah, I got my full eight hours. I've been drinking lots of water. (laughs) I did my breath work this morning and now I'm showing up to this task feeling really good and like my (laughs) full self. And that's how it should be. Like you should find some balance. And uh, something that keeps popping up on the podcast and our conversations is this idea that it's like I'm my job or my passion or the thing that brings in money is not the only thing that I have in my life. I, Mm -hmm. I also enjoy painting or doing whatever side hobby it is that um, makes us feel like full human beings. And I think tunnel visioning on one thing can can stress you, burn you out like super fast. And this idea of feeding your soul um, in more ways than one is is becoming more <laughs> more the thing, more the thing yeah. that people are trying to do. Also, it can like really confuse your self-worth when you focus on one thing yeah. because for so long, like after I decided that I didn't want to do like battery nursing full time anymore and I wanted to focus on this, I started to feel like everything I was doing online was 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 just all I had and it was my entire self-worth. Like I was nothing without likes and shares and comments. And when that if that, you know, the algorithm changed or whatever, then all of a sudden I wasn't good enough anymore. And I was like, well now what do I do? And it's like, well actually that's not the case. First of all, you can do a million things. You can do whatever the hell you want, but equally, it's just like you're not defined by like something you enjoy or that your job. It's it's just like a weird concept. I don't know how we kind of fell into that. I guess capitalism, but um, it's just yeah, it's 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 really hard to like let go of that that mindset and realize that you are just good enough as a person existing that mm-hmm. you don't need to like prove it to anybody or anyone yeah. or like. It's not the money in your bank account. It's not how many followers you have. It's not how much art you made in one month or something like that. It's just, yeah, it's, it's, I think stepping away also from like working full time and then like coming into something as toxic as social media is really like messed with my brain a lot. And it's only because I think I'm quite good at like self-reflection that I'm starting to like recognize and unlearn certain behaviors. But yeah, no, it's like, I can't imagine for people who, 
don't exist online as like a like you know in a professional capacity like how they're witnessing this they're like watching people like me or others and then comparing themselves and like mm-hmm. that's why I wasn't just so wary about like what I talk about I'd rather be like brutally open to the point that I might get embarrassed so yeah. that people are aware that like I am just a bit of a mess and that's okay <laughs> because we're all a mess and yes. we're all just gonna like get through it because yeah. we're just on a floating rock you know yeah, yeah. <laughs> and you make an amazing point and this idea that our self-worth is attached to all of these different numbers that really don't matter and I've I've been thinking a lot about like the money one myself and especially we we lived in New York for a long time and when you're in New York I think it's really easy to get caught up in like all of these people who are like oh I have all of these things and I have I'm always money to do all of this stuff and look at my apartment with a dishwasher and dry and washer and dryer and unit and you're like I just got a promotion yeah and especially you know I think the pandemic has made people think about what's really important and like taking like a step back. And I also, I, I remember one of our friends when we were, we were, we were visiting them in San Diego and we were driving through all of these beach mansions and Lindsay was like one day and he was like, but really one day, is that really sustainable to have all of that money? Because if you have all of that money, I'm sure there's someone else who really does, who, who, who's lacking or like going without because you have this ample amount of money and I was like what an idea because we're like always fed I'm sorry I'm going off on getting off my hard horse here like <laughs> that you want like we see all these celebrities with all of their things and all of their money and we're like I'm I want that and it's mm-hmm. like but yeah that's not necessarily that's not sust- sustainable for the world and then I then that made me think like I have enough money to take my trips when I want to take my trips feed my belly have a house and have a place to have a bed like what's really important here um so I've really been trying to balance that idea of like I don't need too much but I also want to keep growing and I don't want to like be underpaid so it's like finding that balance within myself Mm -hmm. and maybe the idea of being underpaid I say that too and I'm like what what does that mean exactly is that like the societal standard or what what's the norm for my career path is that true is it not is that really true for myself or is that something that's just put in put in place for me anyways (laughs) so so I love that you said that because that just sparked a whole monologue within myself and like brought that up for me Um, but I think it's interesting to think about no definitely Yeah, yeah no for sure and I think I I feel like when it comes to this, like how we view celebrities, for example, I think that how it used to be like maybe in like the early 2010s and stuff compared to now is so different. I think people really are starting to see that gross display of wealth as something not to aspire to and kind of question like, well, what are you doing with that money? Because no human being on this earth needs that amount of money. So I'm really enjoying seeing that kind of making celebrities normal mm-hmm. uh, normal people mm-hmm. and they should be doing things that the rest of it you know it's like you know yeah, when something holding them accountable and, yeah you know because I've seen a few times when celebrities might post like a, a fundraiser for something you know it might be like to do with a particular person and I've got like you know like that meme where the lady's got like all these calculations kind of like floating in front of her <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah that's me like trying to do the math I'm like you're worth literally millions mm-hmm. yeah. but you're asking me to donate yeah 
you know so Debbie's like what's and, happening here yeah, yeah like, <laughs> that can't here. so you know I think that's starting to become more of a thing so yeah I'm glad to see that because I think there's nothing aspirational about you know celebrity status or that amount mm-hmm. of wealth not. yeah I mean even the even the phrase like your worth millions of dollars it like we we tie that to your worth and mm-hmm. and and that can be like even my my essence and so like we we tie I mean that phrase is even just like we tie our worth to the dollar bills that we make and so that yeah. is just like something that we're working through I think like yeah. things are, things are like shifting. even subconsciously I've gone and said that realizing that actually just goes yeah. against the set but yeah it's like you have millions you're not worth millions yeah, yeah no, yeah and I also I also just kind of like off of the story that Nicole said I think that it's 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 so important even like back to what you said Demi about like nix people that don't make you feel good nix people that like don't bother with people don't give them any emotional space that don't like help you grow that don't like see you for who you are and like support you because like that friend that Nicole was talking about we're one of our really great friends and we always say things like that to one another that's like oh, that was a problematic thought or that was like, we're always helping each other grow in that way. And that's like one of my most valued relationships um, on the planet at this point because of those things where like we we help each other see each other's blind spots. That's like one facet of our very like lovely relationship. But it's like such a such a important part of it. And so we need people like that in our lives. So, yeah, just wanted to say that nugget. and then also kind of what you were saying previously made me think of a question that we ask a lot here and that is how does mental and emotional health tie into your career and I know that's a big part of your platform but how does it tie into your daily life how do you take care of yourself and your career um I think the number one thing is always about setting boundaries Again, something that always sounds like so obvious, but then speaking to a lot of other influencer friends, I realize how uncommon it is for people to be so strong in their boundaries, like both personally and professionally. I won't make myself available like all the time, even though I'm freelance, I have office hours. Like I'm not answering my emails pressed a certain time. Hmm. You cannot bother me before a certain time. I am having a lunch break. I am structuring my day. I'm taking the weekend off Mm because I don't have to be available. Um, You know, like for example, sometimes brands like really want you to post an ad on the weekend. Mm. No, it's off limits. Mm. That's my time. I'm not working, so it's not going to happen. And I think, you know, seeing how a lot of my influencer friends will like drop things to turn work around really quickly, like within 24 hours and things like that for like no extra money or, you know, just letting mm-hmm. people take advantage really surprised me because I thought like you can't, that you, you can't sustain that kind of work ethic or, you know, like it's not healthy. And also you're not, you, you don't benefit from it really. Like just because they asked you to turn something around really quickly and you did it, it doesn't necessarily mean that they're going to work with you again. Like trying to impress these like, big organizations like that's just not how they they operate so I'm really 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 strong in in how I kind of assert my boundaries and same with personally like with friends and stuff like that if I don't have the mental capacity to deal with something you know based on whether it's like my depression my anxiety my ADHD whatever is like going on that day like I I don't just take things on and 
you know, feel like I have to do it because I'm a friend, like a good friend will only make space and time for you to do those things when you know that you can do it well, you know, like I don't want to, I never want to half ask anything. I always want to give everything my, you know, my absolute best. And if I know I can't do that, then I'm just not going to, you know, I'll just step away and wait. So yeah, I think that's really helped in terms of my mental health, especially, like I said, this industry is beyond toxic and really not for the faint hearted. I think you have to be very tough. You've got to have a thick skin and you've got to be really assertive and look after yourself. So, yeah, I mean, it's not to say that I don't mess up occasionally and let things slide, or, mm-hmm. you know, might do something I wouldn't usually do in terms of just to like make my life easier in that particular moment. But Generally, yeah, that's that's within the one thing I would say is, is my boundaries. Yeah. So one thing I feel like you described the healthy way to hustle. <laughs> like <laughs> I want to I want to I want to give everything my all. I want to be able to do all the things that I want to do, but if I'm not ready for those things, I'll kind of like put it to the side until I'm ready to pick it back up or putting me first and then doing all the things like putting me in my health first and then do the things that all of the things that I want to do because I can do all the things that I want to do. We're multifaceted people um, as we were saying earlier. So I wanted to sh- um, highlight that for a minute because I thought that was an amazing nugget. Yeah. I feel like that should be a t-shirt. I'm a healthy hustler. Yes. And then to kind of, cause I feel like like we've gone all this time. We haven't really even like talked about you building your platform yet. That does talk about mental health quite a bit to start from the beginning to give context. Like how did your platform kind of come about? Was it something that you decided to do? Was it something that kind of happened organically? How did, how did that even come into existence? And thank you so much, Nicole. Yeah. Um. So I think it was back in like 2018 or something like that, that I, said to my boyfriend that I wanted to write a bit about skincare because I had lots of people asking me like how did I get my skin like blah 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 and he was like oh just write it just like use wordpress or whatever like just start writing so I just did and you know I was like you know really dedicated to it I was doing like quite a few posts in a month and yeah I had like a decent readership and then I slowly started incorporating like visuals to it so like then I started making my Instagram part of it and then I realized that these little rants that I'd do on Instagram about whatever had happened fit quite well with the topics that I was writing about, even though it was like skincare. So it was like, for example, I may notice a makeup brand had released a new foundation, but like no darker skin shades, Mm. for example. And I'd rant about it on Instagram. And I was like, just write about it, like just write a blog post about it. So I started doing that and that like really picked up and a lot of people were like, oh, I didn't really consider that that side of it and blah, blah, blah. And then it kind of just spiraled from there and I just kept talking about these important topics that I felt that a lot of, let's say, beauty bloggers and influencers at the time, because it was, I didn't know that many black or brown bloggers or influencers in that space mm-hmm. that were like being sort of put forth or like you know people would know who they are it was very whitewashed Mm -hmm. so no one was talking about these topics really and yeah I think that's just where it came from and then um, obviously what happened in uh 2020 and then there was Mm -hmm. the thing about people putting their black squares and stuff and Mm -hmm. I had a lot to say about that Mm -hmm. and then 
that I think was really the change point, which is really sad to kind of think about like something like that happened. That was why kind of Mm -hmm. my platform grew, but unfortunately it was. And yeah, it just kept going from there. And I've never really shut up (laughs) about these things. I just kept going. And, and I think now I have a slightly bigger following. People are always surprised that I'm as vocal as I am because you, you do get on people's bad sides. You do get blacklisted by brands I've got into it with like really big companies and organizations, had phone calls with, you know, like whether it's the, you know, head of PR or something at some massive organization about something that they've done. Um, So, you know, I do think that it's important for me to keep doing it because I do think there is tangible change from me having a big mouth (laughs) online. Yeah. Um, I don't mind making like enemies if it were I don't mind people like thinking that I'm irritating or you know Mm -hmm. I have nothing you know I keep talking about these things or whatever like I I enjoy like kind of upsetting people in a way because I feel like if you get people like get their backs up there's a reason for it you know it means you've said something potentially that um is important mm-hmm. and it's gonna get shared and then people are gonna read about it and then they're gonna maybe change their minds and things like that so yeah that's kind of like where it started and where I'm at obviously it is incorporated with some nice stuff I don't always just spend time <laughs> being like you know mouthing on the internet because in part of that I also felt like my mental health was suffering from doing that I used to get like panic attacks and anxiety attacks and a lot of abuse and then it would mean that I'd have to come offline for like you know two weeks because I just couldn't bear to go back on so I started moving my kind of topics of those kind of like nature onto something like Patreon and then I thought well at least if like I'm gonna get trolled or whatever and like they gotta pay <laughs> to like read it so that's okay yeah mm-hmm. luckily I didn't get any of that it was all fine from there so I've only now really in the last few months had the courage to kind of make that part of my main platform again. You know, recently it was about um, Benefit Cosmetics going to Hawaii and, you know, I spoke about that and that ended up picking up quite a lot of traction and a lot of people, you know, didn't know what was happening there and they were very surprised that this big brand, you know, did something like that that they thought how could they be so so stupid and, and not realise that that was an awful thing to do. So, yeah. It's, it's strange because I don't know how to categorize myself in terms of what I do. Mm-hmm. I just, I'm just a bit mouthy on the internet as well, I think. <laughs> <sighs> I mean, I think, again, going back to what you said in the very beginning, you were like, a lot of the things that I thought were insignificant about me actually resonated with a lot of people. You're using your voice. And a lot of people are resonating with what you're saying because a lot of people have the same feelings and have the same issues, have the same problems that you're speaking to and I think it also like what you were saying before about the makeup and like a makeup company putting out a new product and not including makeup that is fit for all skin tones and like having deeper skin tone options and that just goes to show how important it is to have multiple different people that look differently in a room and in in all rooms whether it's like in a room where you're developing makeup where you're whether you're in a room that's like marketing that makeup or to infinity and beyond like it's just it's so important to have multiple voices that come from different perspectives in one room and you also talk about you're yourself no matter who you're talking to no matter who's asking you to do something you put yourself first i think when a lot of 
us get into a situation like even if you have if you're employed by a company it's hard to say no to your boss or like sometimes big brands ask me to do these things and it's like grateful to be working with this brand but also I'm not going to sacrifice or maybe I don't know maybe I'll take that back but like you don't want to sacrifice who you are and what makes you you like you're not going to say something that that you don't believe in you're not going to work with a brand that like they're like we'll give you a zillion dollars to just post on Saturn you're like no I'm not going to yeah. do that like this is just it's it's not about the money it's about like this respecting is my time, my time. For, it's about my yeah. it's about respecting myself yeah I've been having personally a really hard time I'm a I'm a video producer or like, I guess my my title now is creative lead, but like I work with these. I've worked with brands for a lot of my career. And sometimes I have, not sometimes, more and more so as I'm getting older, I'm having a hard time working for bigger brands because I'm just like, but like, what am I doing though? What am I doing? I don't know a whole lot about these brands. And as like our platform starts to grow, I'm like, how do we know who we're working with? There's It's just so hard to to find huge like these big brands that have a lot of influence in the world that are, are good they, at their core are they are, are we working with good people because I want to work with good people and I think one way to test that on like at least level one is do they respect your boundaries like do they mm-hmm. respect your no do they answer your questions openly and honestly when you ask them like so that was some really powerful things that you said. I also, you made me think about all of these people will like drop everything they're doing and go and try and like make a 24-hour turnover for no extra money. And you're like, mm. nah. And also when you sort of break the politeness and call people out on something that is not right, you're you're marking, you're putting a flag in the timeline and saying that's not okay and making it so that it's not acceptable for them to keep doing. Even something as simple as, it's not necessarily simple, but the idea that for no extra money, I'm going to have you do more work. Like, that's not cool. People, you need to pay people for their time and say, and like saying no to that is the first step into not allowing it to happen. If, if no one allowed it to happen, it wouldn't be possible. But I think, and especially like for myself, like there's people pleasing and you don't want to like cause it. You, you, you always want to seem like a good work, a, a good worker and commendable. And, and so, mm-hmm. and I'm also thinking like, as you're saying that I'm thinking of Bambi, like if you don't have some, if you, if you don't have something nice to say, don't say it at all. And I'm like, for some, in some ways, yes, but also no, like, because if, if, if someone Did needs that to come be from Bambi, Nicole, that's the bunny, right? The bunny. If you, if you I don't have, have something no nice to say, don't say it at all. Okay, this is a great post for us. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's the, it's the, Thumper. Thumper says it. Okay, okay. sorry. Okay. Keep going. <laughs> um, but from the movie Bambi. Um, yeah. So and I'm like, it's the, that obviously we don't want to just be saying nasty shit to people for no reason. But like, if if someone needs to be called out. And, and like I, I and like I like Lindsay said, like that friend who's like challenges our perspective and says, like, maybe that's not the best thought pattern that you have. That <laughs> only makes us that we evolve that way. Yeah. So and I I would I would challenge <laughs> even to say that that's like that's not you. I don't know. That might be you being like a disruptor. Yeah. And sometimes that that can be in an uncomfortable position to be in. And sometimes people don't 
perceive that well, but you're not you're not saying like that's not you saying something mean. Uh, I don't think they may see it as like you being difficult, which you're not. That's like an outdated thing. They may perceive it that way, but that's you just sticking up for yourself. So I, I think I, I love that you brought Thumper, but I, I'm, I'm challenging the like, it's not. Yeah, a but, mean also, thing but also, but also it's saying. like I'm I, and I'm thinking about like when you're talking about brands not being inclusive of all people and like I'm sure you that doesn't didn't mean say it they're doing I know but like maybe you don't have to say it in the nicest way maybe you need to say it in a not nice way to get them okay. to hear you like okay I don't I'm sure you didn't no, no, I, I fully agree with that and, I, I don't think and I think that that actually ties into my experience actually that early on a lot of the backlash I would get would be my tone you know mm-hmm. yeah, I'm not saying that I'd go in there like all guns blazing and swearing obviously it's it's always kept professional but I don't need to be pandering I don't need to be amenable about it It, it, that that should never be the case when when you're explaining why somebody is wrong or what they've done is wrong or just asserting your boundaries I don't I don't think it needs to be met with politeness Mm -hmm. absolutely not because at the end of the day they're my boundaries whether you like it or not Mm -hmm. whether I do it with a smile it doesn't matter yeah you just have to respect and accept what I'm saying mm-hmm. uh, yeah so no I, I do agree with that yeah and I think that something so if you're coming across whether it's a post or like face-to-face conversation with somebody where somebody's showing emotion then I think as the receiving member of that party you instead of immediately having feelings um which I mean you're allowed to have your feelings but instead of immediately being like oh they're being nasty or I don't know things had to happen to for that person to have that emotion to that degree and so it's like empathizing with that person is feeling the way that they're feeling for very valid reason and maybe instead of feeling attacked or I don't know how it's like take a beat and be like what had to happen like I don't know I think that's the first step it's like trying to empathize even even if you can't 100% empathize because we all have our individual experience and we experience the world differently just like understanding that other things people experience the world differently and that's why they're coming to this conversation with emotions. And so, yeah, we've had that conversation a couple of times on this podcast. And I think it's always important to kind of like create the pers- like perspective. It's, it's that, also, like, it's like, it's just different things. Yeah, it's not looking at it through a selfish lens. Like you're not, you're yeah. like, mm, this person's being mean to me. And it's just like, we're talking about a greater, a bigger issue. We're talking mm-hmm. about like something that you have kept, you've had to like continue to like experience in your life. And, you know, a lot of the times like people show up to these, to these things. Uh, well, if, if someone's showing up with anger behind it, a little bit frustration, like, w- like, why do you think they're angry or frustrated about it? Yeah. It's like, think of any time someone said something, you're like having a nice conversation and anyone said something that just like rubbed you the wrong way. I don't know. And then especially if I'm with a good friend, I'm not, I really am not afraid to be like, what you said was bullshit. Like that was like, you cannot say crap like that. And and I'm not afraid to be a little, yeah, like what you said, I'm not polite in that moment. I'm just like saying what I feel. And like things like that have been happening more and more recently to me. And I always have, I have a spice of like in therapy, we call it my spiceometer. And we always check like, where's my spiceometer this week? <laughs> and um, <laughs> and we can't go around the world like always being angry or like being spicy to everyone all the time. But like in specific moments, it's okay. I'm a spicy person and it's okay. <laughs> Anywho. <laughs> 
we're, we're creeping up on our hour mark here. Is there anything specific that you want to make sure that we touch upon and talk about before we slide into a peachy clean moment? Not that I can think of. We've covered a lot. We have covered a lot. Yeah. Can't think of anything specific, okay. but my brain won't really allow me to access any like <laughs> oh. anything meaningful at the moment. So. <laughs> That's okay. Did you, did you have anything else, Lindsay? Um, I don't think so. Okay. Okay. So did you get our email about the peachy clean moment? I did. And you know what? It's been stressing me out. <laughs> so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I was talking to my boyfriend. I was like, I can't think of anything. Like, I can't think of anything. I think it's like, I'm so open about stuff that it's like, nothing is a secret. Uh-huh. <laughs> you know what? I mean, it's not gonna sound like a big deal, but like, okay, so I am vegan. And uh, I don't really talk about it a lot, which I'm sure is hilarious in itself. But (laughs) the other week I got really sick because I went out somewhere with a friend and we went for tacos and we thought one of the options was vegan. It wasn't. It was vegetarian. So I was like munching through this like really cheesy taco thinking, why have I never heard about this place before? This is the best vegan cheese. And it wasn't until like I was taking that last bite and I was like, Uh I think this is too good to be true. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, So it turns out it wasn't, it wasn't, it wasn't vegan, but oh my God, it was the best thing I've eaten in like a year. Yeah. I couldn't. Yeah. I didn't want to say it, but like, honestly. Oh my gosh. We don't want to admit it. But we're vegan vegan as well. And I will say cheese Cheese is a tough one. I I really do miss that like sharp Vermont cheddar. I mean, nothing compares to it. There's no there's not a vegan cheese on on earth Mm-mm. that compared to the real the gooey, deal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the stretchiness and yeah, <laughs> yeah. As yeah. Much as I had no. three straight days, like yeah, it was a happy mistake. Yeah. <laughs> I can't remember if I actually because we'll do like a solo episode every every once in a while and so and then we'll do peachy cleans and I can't remember if I actually use this one but one of mine (laughs) is that I got really like we were like celebrating someone's birthday and I came home really drunk one time and oh yeah oh no I think you did share this I did okay and so before veganhood Doritos like the the nacho cheese Doritos were my my drunk food I loved them and so like maybe I was like six months into being vegan and we were vegetarian for forever but cheese was so cheese was hard to let go of and I came home from that drunk night and I consciously like I mean I still remember it uh had a tiny snack bag not a whole bag of nacho cheese nacho Doritos, cheese Doritos. <laughs> and <laughs> it had to be done you know? it had to be done <laughs> We don't yeah. want to hang over. We no. all, we, we're human. We all. We're only human. Yeah. Um, you know, I could get into something like really deep about like how I feel about veganism and like the label and stuff. Uh-huh. But sometimes it's like, yeah, that bit of cheese. I mean. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I remember on, I think I'm on, on that same trip, Lindsay, we went to a restaurant and we were like, oh, ve- vegan pizza. Uh, like I'll, I'll snatch that up. And to this day, like as we were eating it, I was like, this seems too good to be true. This is like at the Baya place. No, 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 no. At it was at um after in Napa after when that restaurant that oh, we stopped at. The yeah, cheese, and I was like, why this cheese? The consistency. Yeah. I was like, if this is if this is legit, like I'll fly back because we're on the East Coast. I was like, I'll fly here for this pizza any damn day, like because that's just like that's probably one 
Now, like we all say, like there's some good vegan cheeses out there. There's some like there's some tasty ones, but nothing, nothing like exactly like the real deal. So to get that texture <laughs> and that flavor and like pizza, I like was a huge pizza lady my um, pre-vegan days. And there's like not one that really replicates a nice cheesy cheese pizza. And so um, I, I didn't get sick after. However, I don't think there was like that much cheese off after. So maybe – Maybe it was true. Yeah, we'll we'll never know. Maybe it was true. You got to fly back. And <laughs> yeah, I know. I'll taste. I'll test it out again. But yeah. now um, we're just afraid to ask because we don't want it to know. I don't want to know. <laughs> yeah. But that was the thing. Everyone was like, Did, "Why didn't you ask?" And I was like, "I didn't want to know." No, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, we sympathize. Yeah. Ten percent. <laughs> yeah. I'm all recovered now, so it's good. Yeah. Oh, good. Oh, honestly, and so I'm about She's to. Like, I've been under the weather. <laughs> How long have you been? vegan for I think it must have been around when I s- finished college so I think since 2012 or something mm. like that so it's been yeah, a, it's been a minute for you we're we're new we're like we're just a year old now and so we're vegetarian the same the same time like 20, 2013 13 2014 and yeah. just made the just made the jump but um I'm about to go travel a little bit and like go to Spain and every everyone that I've talked to who's who's not even vegetarian they just eat everything under the sun they're like oh you'll never survive like you're there's no way that you won't be able you're not going to find anything without me and like everything and I was just like I don't know I don't feel like I feel like no honestly I mean I've been to Spain like a lot as a vegan and honestly I think it's probably one of the European countries that I think is better for oh, for vegans I was like, um, yeah <laughs> yeah I mean, I'm not saying it's like amazing but you will survive yeah I was just like there's gotta be like a head of lettuce and a tomato somewhere like I'm yeah, sure no, for sure yeah no, um, they don't that, that makes exa- well and the, like they're all and some of them like I said none of them were even vegetarian, so they are they're not like experiencing the like country a, through that lens. Well, they don't know what vegan means. They yeah. think that like we just eat bread I, or yeah. something. Yeah. You know? yeah. These are people like these are people when they found out we were vegetarian, they were like, Well as long as you're not like what do they say? Annoying about it, or as long as you're when, when they when they found out we were going vegan, they're like, "Don't be as long as you're not an annoying vegan about it." And we're like, and What's in the same mean? breath, in the same like within the same like a visit with this person, um, she was like, "I can't eat peppers because they're hard to digest, and I won't eat this because of this, and I won't eat that." And I was like, "Girl, who's be- yeah. like we respect you? We all have so you a- yeah, we all have our diet. Was like yeah, yeah we mm-hmm. all have our I was dietary like, I'm restrictions. I'm eating more on the table than you are. My goodness, <laughs> but." So yeah, so I was a, I'm a little concerned, especially like the meat bit. And I the I've talked to one of our friends, Julia, who's who's been vegan forever, and now you have been to Spain. I'm like, okay, I feel a lot better now. But like, I was a little concerned about like, am I gonna have to like, and because then you worry about tummy issues, especially the meat stuff. Like, I haven't had like meat in a long time. I was like, if that slips in somewhere, I feel like I'll be <laughs> run into the bathroom. And st- yeah. Yeah. Maybe don't stray too far from the hotel. No. Like <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And learn some really good like Spanish phrases, I think maybe you'll you'll be okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I did take Spanish in high school. I'm really excited to see like what has what's still in the roots there. I'm sure absolutely nothing. But it's I'm like really <laughs> I've got my Duolingo going. I really want to try. Yeah. You really have to, to try. Yeah. You have to just learn no no meat no dairy no yeah. yeah learn and learn how to yeah i'm vegan no meat no dairy 
But yeah, so, well, thank you so much for sharing your now all peachy clean. Yeah. <laughs> thank you. That's so much better. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this has been such an amazing chat. We have loved having you here in the peach pod. Thank you, thank you so much. Thank you so much. It was, yeah, really fun. I always enjoy having like a, a nice kind of casual conversation, yeah. you know, like it's, uh, yeah, I was afraid that something might spill out that I didn't mean to say, but no, it's been um, really fun. Thank you so much. Oh, oh I love to hear that. Um, yeah. Do you want to roll through where people can find and connect with you? Yeah. So on Instagram, as uh, Demi Colleen, also on Twitter, but I do kind of do a little bit of NSFW on there in terms of popular culture. So maybe a little bit more kind of out there than on Instagram. I say Instagram's like my squeaky clean, mm-hmm. like cute, you know? Yeah. And then Twitter is like, what's going on inside? <laughs> uh, so yeah, what else have I got going on? My website is launching soon, so you can catch that on my Instagram. So yeah, and then you can also check me out through my hashtags of Demi's Dopamine Dressing and Two Fingers Full. Amazing. Amazing. As always, Demi's goodies will be in the show notes, so definitely head over and check them out. Give her some love. All right, Peaches, that's it for this week's episode. Thank you so much for tuning in, and a big thank you to Demi for coming on and sharing her voice with us. If you liked what you heard today, make sure you hit that big subscribe button on whatever podcasting platform you're listening to us on. If it happens to be Spotify or Apple Podcasts, make sure you hit that five-star written review for us. It really helps the podcast grow and get into the ears of new listeners. If you want to keep up with us, you can find us on Instagram. Instagram at let's talk underscore peaches with that same handle you can find us on TikTok. Head on over to our website www.letstalkpeaches.com to snag some super cool merch and to see what else is going on. And we put out new episodes every Monday, so we'll see you back here next week for a new episode of Let's Talk Peaches. Bye, Bye peaches. peaches! Amazing. <laughs>